Go with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, uh, we're going to be reading verse 38. In the early days of the railroad in America, the railroad system had single tracks and single tracks between destinations. And what they soon discovered is that uh, there'd be one train headed in a certain direction and perhaps another train coming behind it that was traveling at a greater speed would come up upon that one train going slower or the train headed in the eastbound direction would come upon a train uh, possibly coming in the westbound direction. Of course, that uh, wasn't good at all. And so someone decided to invent what they called sidings. And these sidings were simply uh, a parallel track that the train could simply get off on and could, could allow the other train to pass by. But what's interesting is when the one train was on the siding, even though the engine was still running, the train wasn't going anywhere. Wasn't making any progress at all. It may have uh, even uh, had a little steam coming up or coming out, but it wasn't going anywhere. And, and so they they had a term for that. They called it that train being sidetracked. Well, you and I understand what that means. We know that in life, in every area possibly, we we can so easily get sidetracked. I have found that in my life when I'm uh, trying to serve Jesus as a Christian, as in my spiritual life, I can get sidetracked. Uh, we're about to see a portrait of a lady, a good lady. Man, she loved the Lord, but... And she knew what it was to serve the Lord, but she, at one particular time in her life, got sidetracked. And so I want you to look with me in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Here's what the Lord says. Here's what God's Word says. Now it came to pass, as they went, they being Jesus and His disciples, that He entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. We understand this is Bethany. This is the Mary, the Martha, and their brother Lazarus of Bethany. And so Martha receives Jesus into their home. That literally means that it was Martha's idea. It was Martha's invitation that brought Jesus into the home. Uh, she wanted to prepare a meal for Jesus and host Jesus and show hospitality to Jesus. And we believe that the other disciples, that the, the disciples were part of that group as well. Verse 40, though, is very telling. I want you to notice it. But Martha, I'm sorry, verse 39, she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to Jesus and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. In verse 41, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. If I understand correctly, 
uh, in the ancient times of Israel, whenever someone would say your name twice, it was on purpose. It, it expressed something. It was an attention getter. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are, you are anxious. You're, you're troubled. You're, you're, you're worried. Uh, and, and about so much, verse 42, one thing is needful, Martha. Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And ladies and gentlemen, I, w- I want to talk to you tonight just for a few minutes on what it is to be serving but sidetracked. So I have a question for you. What was it that Jesus intended for ministry to be? Think about that question just a moment. Did he intend for ministry to be a blessing? Or did he intend for it to be a burden? Did he intend for it to be a delight or a drudgery? Did Jesus want us to view ministry and serving him as a privilege or as a pain? As a choice or a chore? As an opportunity to help? or an obligation to perform. In these verses, we we see a portrait of a good woman. Martha was a good woman who was serving, but she was sidetracked. You notice in Martha's tone, uh, agitation, aggravation, she was even accusatory towards Jesus, the very one on whom she was supposed to be focused and the very one to whom warm hospitality was to be shown. Jesus' words to Martha were not necessarily one of rebuke of her activity, but a rebuke of her attitude. It wasn't that serving was wrong, it was her attitude while she was serving. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe I've been there. I believe I, I've known many in our church family who could say the same. Preacher, I've been there. I, I know what it is, man, to be busy and busy and serving, and yet at the same time for my attitude to rob me of the joy of what it is to serve Jesus. In this passage here, Jesus gives us four characteristics of someone who may be serving, but they've gotten sidetracked. Go through these with me. Characteristic number one, we become sidetracked when we forget why we do what we do. There in verse 38, if you'll leave your Bible open, it's interesting to me that verse 38 tells us that this was Martha's idea, hosting Jesus and preparing the meal. She's the one who received, invited, literally is the word. She invited and welcomed them and brought them into her home. The meal was her idea. But now she's focused on what she had to do instead of what she got to do. What she was able to do. Uh, uh, she, she, she felt pressured to do this now. It wasn't pressure Jesus put on her. It was pressure she felt. So uh, she's dealing with the pressure she feels rather than the privilege that she should have experienced to serve the Lord. She forgot all about that this was for Jesus. This was an opportunity to show Jesus and to uh, how much Jesus was worth to her. 
And instead of looking at it like something of a blessing, it became a burden to her. In this day, the kitchens of Israel were not most of the time attached to the house. They were several steps away from from the home. Could be under a lean-to or uh, maybe not. Many of them didn't even have a roof at all. uh, Some type of uh, outdoor oven. But that's where the food was prepared. Then the food was brought in from the outside. And I can just in my mind see Martha going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. (laughs) And every time she comes in... (laughs) She's frustrated because every time she's overloaded, the Scripture says that she was burdened and anxious and in inner turmoil, and every time she comes in, she sees her sister Martha sitting at Jesus' feet as if she's not doing anything. And this became a problem and a frustration to Martha, and she forgot about why she was doing what she was doing. Oh, dear one, have you forgotten why you do what you do? Have you forgotten what Jesus has put upon your heart and gifted you to do and called you to do in serving Him? You see, we become sidetracked when we forget why we do what we do. Number two, we become sidetracked when we feel overwhelmed by busyness and responsibility. Man, if you were to stop Martha in her tracks somewhere between the oven and the table and ask her, hey, what all do you have to do? What, what, what's going on here? Man, she could have rattled off just, oh, well, I've got to do this and this and this and this. Sometimes when I think about our church schedule and our workers and you guys and gals, I, I think often about how it's very easy for us to get overwhelmed. Busyness. Responsibility. Uh, Jesus, it is said about her in verse 40 and 41 that she was cumbered, she was troubled, she was anxious. The word cumbered there literally means to drag around uh, or to be pulled in different directions. <laughs> kind of like um, I, I when I think of this, I think of how at times when I've been fishing, and some of you fisher men and women know what I'm talking about, the line and the reel will get all tangled up, and man, it just—it's just a big bundle of, of of mess, and 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 you ultimately have to end up cutting the line, and because you can't do anything with it. I believe that's how her her emotions were. Her 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 spirit was all wound up, and 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 she was anxious. She was careful. She she was troubled. She was disturbed about all of this. Jesus said. Oh, dear one, please don't, don't allow your service for Jesus to drive you to a frustration and to drive you uh, to be overwhelmed by all you have to do. Many times I find that when I, in fact, every time I find when, when my schedule is frustrating to me, it is because I, I have not exercised my ability to say no and to put proper margins in my life and in my schedule. We become sidetracked when we forget why we do what we do. We become sidetracked in serving when we get overcome and overwhelmed by busyness and responsibility. Thirdly, we become sidetracked when we focus on others and on what they are doing or are not doing. We focus on others instead of focusing on the Lord. 
Let me ask you a question. By the time we get to verse 40, who do you think Martha was focused on? Do you think she was still focused on Jesus? (laughs) Or do you think she was focused on her sister? Well, the Bible tells us who she was focused upon. Verse 40, she comes in one of these times and she sees Mary doing what Mary had been doing, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to Jesus' words, and Martha blew a gasket. She had a duck right there. And I can see her now. She puts her hand on her hip and probably has a plate of food in her hand. And she looks at Jesus and says, Now, Lord, this is not right. I want you to bid her to come over here and help me. Here I am wearing myself out to a frazzle and my sister sits over there and doesn't lift one finger to help me in getting all this finished. You, Jesus, that's literally what she was saying, you, Jesus, need to tell her to get up and help because this isn't fair. This isn't equitable. Now, gang, stop just a minute. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus and telling Jesus what is right and what isn't and that Jesus isn't being fair because he's allowing this to take place? Jesus, you need to tell my sister to get off her can and get back here and help me? Wow. That's exactly, if you look at verse 40, that's what she was doing. She said, Lord, you don't care. If my sister has left me here alone, you need to tell her to get up and help. The word help there in verse 40 is an interesting term. It's, it's, it's the idea of two pillars opposite, at opposite ends of a room or a building. And they're holding up. They're holding up the ceiling. Uh, one at the one end and one at the other, and they're both bearing an equal amount of the load. That's that word, help. And what Martha is saying is, Jesus, my sister has left me here to bear the whole load, and she's not doing anything. She isn't doing her part. I'm doing all of it. Oh man, how many times have I gotten my eyes off Jesus and I've gotten my eyes on others. Man, look at me, Lord. Look at all that I'm doing. and Look at so-and-so over there. They ain't doing squat. or They're not doing what they used to do. Oh, gang, we can't get our eyes on other people. That's one of the downfalls of the Christian life and, 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 and trying to truly be spiritual is that we're so easily distracted by what other people are doing and what we think they ought to be doing. and We have all kinds of opinions about others. And the Lord says, get your eyes off other people. Get your eyes back on me. So we become sidetracked when we forget. Now why are we doing this? We become sidetracked when we get overwhelmed and overcome with busyness and frustration. We become sidetracked when we get our eyes off the Lord and start focusing on others and what they're not doing that we think they ought to be doing. And then the final characteristic that we see here in the passage, verses 41 and 42, we become sidetracked when we fail to sit at Jesus' feet. It's interesting 
Because Jesus says, Martha, I want you to understand something about Mary. Hey, he says, uh, one thing, one thing, Martha, is needful in your heart, in your spirit, in your life. One thing. And it's that one thing that Mary has chosen to do. She is sitting at my feet. She's listening to me. Martha, I'm not, I, I'm not so concerned that you get all the food right and that the food tastes marvelous and that every dish is just perfect. And, and, and man, you're a wonderful hostess, but that's not where my, where my uh, intent and passion lies, Martha. My, my desire for you was for you to hear my heart and to know me and to understand what I'm all about. And your sister Mary is sitting here listening. She's chosen that. That's the one thing you need, Martha. And she's chosen that, and nobody can ever take that away from her. I want you to hear my heart this morning, tonight. Time spent with Jesus is much more important than time spent for Jesus. That's not to diminish our serving. That's not to diminish our time spent for the Lord. But our time with the Lord shapes and colors and fuels our time spent for the Lord. And Many of us right now, that's where we find ourselves. Oh, our spirit's depleted. Our energy, spiritual energy level is low. Because we have been busy in going and doing, and yet we have failed to sit at Jesus' feet in devotional time, in prayer time, in reading, in study, in meditation, in our quiet time, in time of solitude. It's just us and Jesus, and we're listening to His heart. Gang, I promise you, if we make the time and we spend that time, Jesus will meet with us, and we will know His heart. That's what He desires for us. Henry Blackaby said this, made this statement, and I believe it's true. He said, in, in our culture, we are so activity-oriented, so activity-oriented that we assume that we are saved simply to perform a task. For a task to perform instead of being saved for a relationship to enjoy. And I want you to know, friend, that God has saved us not just to become glorified slaves. No, 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 no. Jesus saved us for a relationship. We, we, our service is an overflow and an outgrowth of our relationship to Him. Jesus wants your heart and He wants a relationship with you far more than He wants your service. We become sidetracked when we Fail to sit at Jesus' feet. I close with this. There's a sports writer named Rick Riley. Rick Riley has written for Sports Illustrated. He has written for the ESPN magazine. Back in 1998, he wrote a piece in Sports Illustrated where he was emphasizing class and uh, integrity and ethics in the world of sports. And so he entitled it, Speaking of Class to the Class of 98. And his article was written to 
the prospective professional athletes that were graduating from college or declaring for the draft for 1998, these college athletes, student athletes, would soon be in the professional ranks. And he was just writing these one-liners to them, most of them, many of them humorous, but they were each teaching a lesson. One of the statements was, he said, if you're ever offered an $81 million contract and you think to yourself, that's not enough money, he said, you need to excuse yourself from the room, go find your tire iron, and you need to hit yourself in the shin as hard as you can. He also said, hey, athletes, go easy on the tattoos. He said, because that hula girl on your bicep in 50 years is going to look like Don Knotts. Then he closed this way. He said, and oh yeah, one more thing. He said, do you remember when you were 12 years old playing baseball? And all you ever dreamed of was standing in Yankee Stadium playing center field for the Yankees wearing the pinstripes. He said, one day soon, you'll be there. And he said, when you're there, pause, look around, take it all in, and don't forget to tingle. We know what he means. Don't forget to feel the wonder of it all. No, dear friend, you and I, far more higher honor than playing professional athletics. You and I get to serve the King and get to live for Him. And I'm afraid like Martha, we've lost our tingle. (laughs) We've lost the wonder of it all. May God help us while we're serving not to get sidetracked. Let's pray together. Our Father, thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to open the book and to learn and grow together. And so, Lord, may You use this tonight to help us and take steps of spiritual development. We love You, Lord. Bless our people and our church in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.